Welcome to Intersect, where church meets culture. I'm Josh Desch, pastor of Community and Discipleship at Northeast Presbyterian Church in Columbia, South Carolina, and I am joined, as always, by my lovely wife, the affable Betsy Desch. Hello. Betsy, are you feeling affable today? Pretty much. Wonderful. (laughs) Well, here is our episode for today, The Search for Significance on the Side of a Rock Wall. And this is exciting, Bets. Yeah. Because we're going to do something we've never done before on this podcast. We are going to do a movie review Woo-hoo. in addition to exploring this fascinating topic of the search for significance that every human being is on. Yes. So here's the movie that we just watched and that we are excited to talk about today. The name of the movie is Free Solo, which is about rock climber extraordinaire Alex Honnold. Yep. Most people would say he is the most gifted, famous rock climber, I would say, alive today. Mm-hmm. Especially now that this movie's been made. Okay, here it is. It's a 2018 American documentary, and it profiles rock climber Alex Honnold in his quest to perform a free solo climb of El Capitan in June of 2017. Now, we need to help our audience get a little familiar about, first of all, what is free soloing, what is El Cap, what's going on with this movie. Bets, can you just tell our audience what does it mean to be a free solo climber as opposed to just a conventional rock climber? Sure. Well, for any of our listeners who are like real climbers, you're probably going to be like, what? You're not describing this right, but we're going to do our best. Uh, So free soloing means that you are climbing um, up the rock face with no ropes whatsoever. There's nothing holding you onto the rock face, you know, because more climbers are going to be using the assistance of ropes, you know, held uh, screwed into the rock faces with uh, all kinds of different screws and carabiners and everything. Yep. So just to get the visual on this, when you see someone free soloing, literally what you see is they have on their shoes, their shorts, their shirt. And some chalk. And a tiny bag, exactly, a tiny chalk bag behind them that they will occasionally dip their hands into that white powder for their hands. When you see someone traditionally rock climbing, they are harnessed in, they have a rope, someone is belaying them, they have about 100 carabiners clipped around them <laughs> so they can they can clip into every uh, pitch that they get to. And free soloing, it, it is just a stark thing to watch because literally it's ju- it looks just like a... Ra- just like a person. I mean, you hardly even notice the chalk bag. Mm-hmm. And you just see a person, and they are climbing up a rock face. And I, I think the height is 50 feet. I don't know exactly what it is. But there's some height that once you're above that height, you're likely to die if right. you fall. Right. I, 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 one mistake means one mistake. that you're yep. plunging to your death. Yep. Okay, so folks, El Cap is a very famous rock formation in Yosemite National Park. In California. In California. Mm-hmm. In fact, in the climbing world, this is really the Mount Everest, wouldn't you say, Bets? I mean, seems like it. it's like sheer granite, almost three thousand feet, I think. Yep. So, so imagine this, folks. You're looking at this. It's not a mountain. It's a rock formation, and it's basically a three thousand vertical, straight up slab of granite. Mm-hmm. And and the reason that this is the gold standard for rock climbing is because you can just tell when you look at this, it's like, how do you hold on to this? Right. 
I mean, literally what these dudes are holding on to, men and women, I should say, are like the tiniest little crevices. Like your fingertips. Yeah, I mean, ah. we're not even talking about a finger, folks. We are talking about a fingertip. And like the 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 end of your toe. The, t- the tiniest- <laughs> That's what's holding you on. Bit of your toe. Yikes. So those in the climbing world, and we're talking about people who make their living climbing, think the fact that Alex Honnold would attempt to climb this without ropes is insane. Like certified nutty. Like the cra- like pretty much the craziest thing you could ever possibly imagine doing. Okay. Um, so so what's crazy about this movie is they're filming him doing this. Right. And so that- there's climbers now that the, the the camera people are roped in. <laughs> oh yeah. So you don't have to worry about one of them falling. Um, but it's it's fascinating. Even just the logistics of filming this is fascinating because you know, they don't want to get in his way and cause him to make make a mistake that Makes well, him die. Yeah, because if yeah. he makes a mistake, he dies. <laughs> right. Yes. So it's it's very high stakes. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Free solo bets. Talk about your favorite parts of the movie. What did you enjoy? Well, I would recommend this movie to our listeners, but it is not something that you want to watch when you're looking for something relaxing. Oh, my goodness. Uh, my palms were sweaty for most of it. Um, yep. Like, everything was sweaty, actually. And my heart rate was, like, through the roof. I felt like I was exercising. Um it's fascinating, absolutely fascinating, and also just beautiful because Gorgeous. all the scenery is lovely. Yep. Um, Josh and I have really kind of liked this adventure scene ever since we read John Krakauer's book, Into Thin Air, that came out in 1997. Mm-hmm. Um, that was about a disaster on Everest, so that's you know um, that's mountain climbing, which is slightly different. But this whole world is fascinating to me. Not that I am a rock climber in any way, shape, or form, but I am fascinated by these athletes who do these really extreme things. The only climbing that I typically do is I like to climb into bed at night. (laughs) (laughs) I'm exhausted, but we do love- We climb the stairs. We climb. Yeah, that's true. We do climb our (laughs) stairs. Yeah, but basically we've always loved this. Really what this genre is, is humans who try to just push the limits. Yes. We've read about um, underwater- Cave divers. uh, Cave diving, which is totally insane as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So some of the things that I loved about this movie, like you said, the cinematography is gorgeous. It really is. I can't imagine watching this on IMAX, just what that experience would be like. Um, I would, you do feel like you're holding your breath for the entire length of the film. Even though you know that he, you know, spoiler alert, he makes it. He doesn't die. Yeah. I don't know if they would have released the film if he died. I don't think they would have. Yeah. Yeah. But, but what's crazy is here I am watching it at home and I feel more nervous than he is. Right. I mean, I'm literally. And you literally, know the guy's going to make I'm it like up. I'm like walking but... out of the room. I'm, I'm sweating. Um, you, I mean, and you just, I think it's just so extreme to see someone hanging by their, literally yeah. by fingertips and a toe when they have 2,000 feet of air under them. He he seriously looks like Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it literally, that that's how he appears. You're like, how are you holding on to this rock face. Yes, it's and amazing. The mo- and the movie, and I will tell y'all, without giving the spoilers at all, the movie is a fascinating uh, chronicle of how he prepares to do it. Mm-hmm. Is he going to do it? Because uh, they talk about it. T- hey, you don't have to do this, Alex. You can bail anytime you want. And it's chronicling the whole journey of how he gets ready to do this unbelievable climb. Mm-hmm. So, bets. A lot of people, let's transition now to this topic of the search for significance a lot of people would look at Alex Honnold and say, what an incredible human being. Um, This guy is living his life 
in in such an amazing way. Surely he's he's got to be one of the most um, happy people on the planet. What a fulfilled person. I read a New York Times op-ed that just gushed praises on Alex Honnold and said that he is modeling a kind of radical truthfulness. This was from an article from New York Times op-ed writer Brett Stevens, and just how, man, I mean, we need more Alex Hanolds in the world to make the world a better place. Yes. Um, what, what would you say to that, Betts? Well, it's like um, we're all trying to find significance. You know, we're all looking for something that makes your life matter. And this is what Alex Hunnell does to make his life matter. You know, he's on a quest, um, I think, for greatness. You know, he has some really interesting quotes from the movie. Oh, fascinating. Yep. Yeah. So he's now, um, as of the movie, this came out last year, so I assume that he's still in a relationship with a woman named Sani. She seemed real nice. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you have to be a little bit offbeat to date someone who you know could die yep, at any yep, time. Yep. And she's telling him the whole movie, like, I don't want you to do this. Don't yeah. do this. Because she knows if he if it's one little wind gust and he's dead. Yeah. I mean, but I think she also realizes he is who he is and yep. she kind of just has to either put up with that or get out of the relationship. And he doesn't apologize for it either. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to climb without ropes. Deal with it. So this is Alex talking about his girlfriend, Sani. He says, for Sani, the point of life is happiness. To be with people that make you feel fulfilled and have a good time. For me, now he's talking about himself. This is a quote from the movie. It's all about performance. The thing is, anybody can be happy and cozy. Nothing good happens in the world by being happy and cozy. You know, nobody achieves anything great because they're happy and cozy. So we see that he's on this quest for greatness. He's on a quest even for perfection because in free soloing, you're either perfect or you're dead. Yep. Yeah, and and he loves that. He talks about how, for him, life seems to be so much more visceral and real, and he he likes the stakes that he's dealing with mm-hmm. when he's climbing. And yet, Bets, what we saw with with Alex as we read some other things about him, as we even just listened to him talking in the movie, he's actually a complicated figure. Yes. In many ways, he wouldn't even say that he's a happy person. Mm-hmm. And one of the interesting things is when he completes the climb, um, just kind of watching his face and the emotions on his face, I would say what he feels more than anything else is relief, mm-hmm. which is kind of fascinating. It's like no one was making you do this. Yeah. And yet the emotion that seems there, I mean, it's not to say that he's not happy at all, but he doesn't cry. It's just very interesting. He's a complicated person, and right. and we feel like he is a great um, way for us to talk about this search for significance because of of how he's going about it in an unconventional way, but also in a way that makes us think about it mm-hmm. as humans. Mm-hmm. So so here's a quote. He went on another podcast, the Tim Ferriss podcast, and Tim Ferriss asked him, "Alex, are you depressed?" And here's what his response was. This is worth reading at length. He says, yes, I think I gravitate towards being a somewhat depressed person. Or, I don't know, actually, I'm sort of just flat. I feel like I don't have any of the highs. I kind of go from level to slightly below level to back. It's all pretty flat. Sometimes you just feel useless, you know? But in some ways, I embrace that as part of the process because you kind of have to feel like a worthless piece of poop in order to get motivated enough (laughs) to do something that makes you feel 
less useless. Now listen mm. to this. But then ultimately, that still doesn't make you feel any less useless. So you just have to keep doing more. Mm. So here he is. It's pretty depressing. It is depressing. He's saying, look, I, I feel useless. I'm trying to find something that makes me not feel useless. And then I'll do something incredible. And it's almost like he's saying for a few moments, I'm, I'm holding on to something that makes my life matter. Mm-hmm. And then it's gone again. Mm. And so you almost wonder, well, what's next for That's Alex right. Honnold? What, where will he go next in his um, search for significance? That's right. You know, Bets, to, to put some context around this search... Basically, this is the, the thesis that we're, we're presenting here on this podcast, that after our basic needs are met, uh, of course, we have to have food and clothing and shelter, we have to find significance as humans in something, in someone, or somewhere. Mm-hmm. That we, we cannot escape that. And we will look for that significance in something we can't avoid it. It's an unavoidable quest. So I want to talk about our dog, Boo. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Boo. Shout out. Boo is making... This is the first time he's made it on the podcast, I think. Oh, I think we've said something. Have we said something about yeah. Boo before? Boo is... I like to call him a walking stuffed animal. Yeah. He's very, very sweet. What is he about? And 15, cute. Is he about 15 pounds? Something like that. 15 pounds. He's a King Charles Cavalier Spaniel. Bets, I want to say something dramatic here. I don't believe that Boo is on a search for significance. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think he is. I think he's living a pretty basic life where he sleeps most of the day. Mm -hmm. Uh, He occasionally eats. Mm -hmm. He sniffs around. He's actually really picky about his food, so he doesn't eat that much. Yeah, (laughs) although he eats weird stuff like grass and bugs outside. Yeah, He basically just kind of sniffs around the house, looks at you with big eyes, Mm -hmm. likes to get scratched. Loves to play fetch. Loves to play fetch. That's it. There's nothing in Boo's existence that is causing him to yearn to climb a mountain. No. Which would be hard because he doesn't have opposable thumbs. Yes, that's right. So that would be very hard if Boo had that desire, like Alex Honnold. That's right. This is something that is a part of us being made in the image of God, Mm. that we are created to live for a purpose greater than ourselves, to live for something more than just our basic needs. And I mm, thought about so true. Ecclesiastes 3.11, that God has set eternity on the hearts of men. We could also say that God has set significance, purpose, fulfillment on the hearts of men and women, of course, meaning all humanity. And what this movie really does is it prompts us to ask these big questions, Bets. Mm-hmm. Like, what is, what is greatness? Mm. What, is, what constitutes a great life? Mm. Has Alex Honnold achieved it? Right. Is this the kind of pursuit that does lead to greatness? Should we encourage our kids to be free solo climbers? Sure. And there's actually, <laughs> well, actually, you know, I'll tell you, there was some fascinating reviews out there on the morality of this movie, mm. which you wouldn't necessarily think that. But look, here, here's, the, here's the reality, and this, this connects to this broader point about the search for significance. Our search for significance is never a solo climb, mm. if I can piggyback off the title. It's never a solo effort. You watch this movie, I mean, so many people are freaked out. His girlfriend has to leave Yosemite. She can't even be around. Right. Literally, one of the moments that was most poignant for me is there's a cameraman, 
and he gets his camera set up. And on, he was down in the valley. He's down in the valley. Yep. So he's, but he's got this incredible camera that's zooming in. And on the camera people, they've worked with Alex for like months. So they've all learned the parts of the climb that he's most likely to die on. Because he had done all the practice roped in. Yep. He'd done yep. all the practice roped in. Right. And there was a few moves. I mean, there's one move where he literally has to do a karate kick. No. Oh. He has to stick his leg out That's fully. That's when you're just dripping with sweat. And he has to do this complicated <laughs> series of hand holds and everything. And the point is the cameraman down in the valley, he can't even look. Yeah, he wasn't. Even, he had I, to turn his head and, away. And he's mumbling. He's like, I can't believe I accepted this project. Yeah. Why am I doing this? Why am I filming <laughs> he said, this? never again will I never do this. Never again am I going to do this. So there's the morality of this, of, you know, Alex is, if he dies, the bottom line is it is going to affect a lot of people. That's right. It, it's not just going, it's not just his life to live. Mm -hmm. But he is living his life in such a way as to say, I'm going to make my own decisions. I'm going to make my own choices. I'm going to pursue significance. And everybody else, y'all are just going to have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, pretty much. So, Bets, um, as you think about what is a great life, what constitutes greatness, what comes to mind for you? Well, there are some things that I really you know, going back to Alex Honnold, there's some things I really respect about him where, you know, he has this incredible discipline to hone his craft. He, yes. That's what he does. He yep. climbs. He's so good at it. Um, he makes choices that are in line with um, being a good rock climber. You know, he's careful about what he eats. He obviously is exercising all the time. Yep. Um, but, you know, I've I've actually, coincidentally, I was reading his book before we watched the movie. Um, I got it from my sister over Christmas. It's called Alone on the Wall. This came out in 2016. And here's an interesting quote that relates to his search for significance. Um, this is from the book. Uh, again, it's called Alone on the Wall. Some years ago, I went on what I called my God-hating kick. As I read mm. all the major manifestos arguing against the ideas of religion and an afterlife— Richard Dawkins, Sam Harris, Christopher Hitchens, and the like. During that period, I sometimes referred to myself as a born-again atheist. So <laughs> here he is. He has a very, um, obviously a very dark a very dark view of religion, clearly, yep. but also just the search for something beyond um, the material, beyond what we can um, what we can see and hear and everything now. He obviously has a very dark view of that. So he's he's saying, this life is all I have, you know, um, there's nothing beyond what we can see right now, so I'm going to live it up, and if I die, I die, who cares? Yeah. It's pretty depressing. It is, pre it is pretty depressing. I would say, I, you know, just some things I respect about him, he's obviously an incredible athlete. Mm -hmm. I, I, do, I do appreciate his honesty, his transparency, and I would say this, uh, and of course Alex wouldn't agree with me on this, but he is looking for his significance through these incredible soloing efforts, but really he's just replaced God with climbing mm -hmm. and with and with sort of transcending human limits or right. or what's we thought was achievable by humans and and what it's actually led to is cynicism and depression in his life mm -hmm. where he's really not happy. He has a very um shocking indifference to his own life. Mm -hmm. He actually says in the movie he says, look, I don't want to fall. But if I do fall, I just hope nobody has to watch it. Right. But it, but it doesn't seem like he really values his own life very much. Mm -hmm. And in so many ways, I think this just points to how we how until we we put our significance in Jesus, until we um, rest in Him, 
we will look for it somewhere else and we will be disappointed. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because even now that he's climbed El Capitan, it's like, well, what can you do next? I mean, that... But but your search for significance doesn't stop. You have to keep going. You have to keep achieving. Like he said, it's it's like, um, you know, no matter what I do, it's never good enough. Yeah, and he said, you know, you feel that perfection for a few minutes. Right. And then it's gone. And then it's on to the next thing. And then the hunger is back. Right, yeah. So I think, like you said, that highlights the question of, well, what is a great life? Because, you know, worldly greatness, I think, we see... Um, Making a name for yourself, you know, doing something of lasting significance. Oh, sure, sure. Um, making a lot of money. Making I mean, a lot of money. Yeah, like we were thinking about, you know, we're LeBron James fans. We've said that lots of times. LeBron just passed Michael Jordan on the all-time points scored list. So now he's number four, isn't that right? Mm-hmm. He's yeah. number four. So you know what? That's great for LeBron. But eventually, even if he gets to number one, eventually there's going to be somebody probably who comes along and scores more points. Sure. So you have these measures of worldly greatness, you know, in a name made for yourself, but ultimately they don't last. You know, so Jesus really defined what a great life is. What's a great life? He said, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm-hmm. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's yep. a great life. That's a great life. Greatness is, and and as he said in Matthew 20, 26, um, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. Service and sacrifice, that's what it's about. Yeah. And and I think that's because when we focus on godly greatness, we're actually forming this lasting legacy. It's a multiplying legacy because mm. when you're pouring your life out for the Lord and for other people, maybe nobody knows your name and maybe they never will know your name, but the fact is... When you are loving other people, lives are better, and the kingdom is bigger because of your life, and that has a trickle-down effect that can really, I mean, not to be be cliche, but that really can change the world. When you're living for, um, when you're living for God's purposes and you're pouring yourself out in service to others, um, that lasts. That's a lasting legacy. Yeah, and the reason is because that's living according to how God designed that's us right. to live. Yep, that's and living the Psalm 1 life, you know, where you're the tree that's planted beside the water that yeah. bears fruit. Yeah. I mean, one 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 final thing I'll say about this movie and Alex Honnold is it does. this movie does cause us in very uh, clear ways to ask questions like, where am I looking for my significance? Mm-hmm. Why does my life matter? That's right. What is the point of my life? Yep. What is greatness? What, what is, is greatness? What is a great life? What do we hold up as a great life? That's right. I, I, I believe that there are a lot of people out there who are on the search for significance apart from Jesus, and they're just doing it in safer, more conventional ways. Right. Most people aren't risking their oh, life. Oh, sure. They don't want to die. Most people like comfort way too much. Right. <laughs> which he actually, it's interesting, he actually gets that there's a lot of pain involved in achieving something great mm-hmm. with both discipline and risk. Right. But I think most people, most people want the comfort, but they also want the significance. They want it, yeah. they want it all. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. this movie does cause us to, to step back for a minute from our lives and all of our busyness and ask these really important questions. Right. And it's a chance for all of us to reflect on, am I putting my significance in something other than the Lord? That's right. Yeah, and when and when we do seek to live a life that, um, that God really blesses, you don't know how he might use your life. You know, when your goal is service and sacrifice toward others, we don't even know what God can do That's with right. your life. And it's, That's right. it's wonderful. That's right. Amen. Well, listen, Bets, I want to have I have a just being honest, and then I want to tell you what I'm reading these days. Good. Okay. Go for so it. So here's my just being honest. We mentioned Boo earlier. Mm-hmm. Okay. Boo, our King Charles Cavalier Spaniel, who's just this wonderful dog. 
well, I want to be just, I want to be honest with our audience, and it's really a cry for help, too, to say that <laughs> Boo is afraid of sewers. Okay, you know Deathly this. Definitely afraid of sewers. He is, he is... It's really the sewer drains at the side of the road. So you're it's wa- not like the manhole yep, covers. Yep, we're just yeah. he's developed this phobia. We walk him. Oh, it's horrible. Oh, he's he's enjoying a nice run while we're on a scooter beside or a him bike. or a bike. All of a sudden, he sees a sewer. The claws come out like to the side. He freaks out. He you're, puts the brakes on like like full on. The full front on. legs are locked. Full and you're on. like ah. Anti lock brakes. Fall off your scooter. You're drag. All of a sudden, you're dragging <laughs> him past the sewer. I need our audience to tell us what do we do. We don't okay. know. Okay. Do you know a good dog therapist? Yes. Do you know a good method for us to to get <laughs> our dog over this? It makes every walk really unfortunate because we've learned there's a lot of sewers in the world. Um, yeah. All of a sudden you start noticing them when your dog freaks out every time he sees a sewer. Yes. It, so, walking him is perilous. You just have to know that at any point he may go to a full stop. I'm just being honest that we could use some help with booze phobia. So true. Of sewers. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Here's what I'm reading, Bets. This is a fascinating book. The Search for God in Guinness mm. by Stephen Mansfield. Interesting. For one thing I want to say, before I started reading this book, this was true. Guinness is my all-time favorite beer. Mm. Love Guinness. Mm. I love a good Guinness. Mm. And you could not I, pay me to drink a Guinness. Well, yeah, have you it given it like a syrup. try? It's thick. Oh, yeah. That's ill. But you love coffee, and I think there's a weird inverse relationship between Guinness and coffee, because I love coffee, too. <laughs> well, a good friend of mine actually gave me this book, said, I've loved it, you got to read it. It's about the Guinness family. Uh, we, we may do a book review on this book at some point, but I'll just say this. It's incredible. The Guinness family, godly family, who has maybe modeled in real life better than I've ever seen about what it means to run a Christian business. Mm. Because the way they treated their employees, the way they ran that company, I just I didn't know any of this. I thought they just made beer. Mm. Uh, and I'm just reading I'm just reading about the first three or four generations. I can't speak to how the company is run today. But fascinating book, The mm. Search for God in Guinness. Mm. Sounds like a good one. Bets, can you tell our audience how to you know, give us a shout out online. Yeah. So guys, um, if you have any feedback for us, if you have any tips about what we can do with Boo, please, please tell send us. us an email. Yep. It's yep. intersect at anyprez.com. Yep. Caesar Milan, that's for you. Yeah. <laughs> and again, you can find us on um, the Apple Podcast app, on Android, Spotify. We're on all the major listening apps. Um, and do find us on Instagram. Our handle is at intersect podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next time.